Moving in Tom for the choice of the songs. I just love the song choices today. I don't know. Sometimes you kind of can be ministered by. Tom will probably say amen again when I say sometimes you just hear the music and you just go want to just go home and right after that. <laughs> Especially when you bring, no, Yeah. <laughs> I beat you to it so you couldn't do that. Uh, once again, when, uh, whenever Steve or Pat or I try to share with you, and I know the many of the people from the Sunday schools uh, that teach and stuff like that, we, we, we can reduce the message that I think God has left us with and, and reduce it down to a, a, a pure nugget of gold. And that message, therefore, if we'll receive that message, we can apply every type of application to that message. And, and so it's not, it, what Steve and I were sitting up on top, and said it's not rocket scientist. I mean, it's, it's just a, some of you, I know it might be too. But, uh, and, and the essence of this is way before the foundation of the world, long ago, God chose to come and have a relationship with man and let man and women be a part of his union of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit and be joined together in that relationship. It was an adoption into his home and into his family and into his relationship, and therefore having this union that would uh, satisfy not only the heart of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, but would satisfy our hearts, that we would be content, we would be completely fulfilled. And when Jesus came here to die, he came here not just to die, that was, that was a part of the deal, but he came here so that he could therefore uh, not account equality with God, a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself and took on the form of man and found in human form, he became obedient to death. But he did so that he might be able to show you and I how to live life on planet Earth. And how he did that was not necessarily recording, as you've heard us say, all of the, you know, the do's and don'ts and do's and don'ts of life or what he did. It was basically to, to satisfy one thing that he did is he abided in the Father. He and the Father were one. He let the Father inhabit him in such a way that their union didn't stop, that the oneness that was there continued on. And he basically then did only what the Father asked him to do, said only what the Father asked him to say, prayed only what the Father asked him to pray. His life was an exact representation of the Father. And then he does something. He said he's going to go die. And he said, but you should be rejoicing. I know you're grieving and you're sorrow, but you should be rejoicing because I'm going to send forth the Holy Spirit that now, rather than just being with you, I will be able to be in you in the same way, in the same manner that the Father is in me. And so, therefore, you will know what it's like to live the way you were designed on planet Earth and that you will be able to say the things that I say, do the things that I do because of our relationship and our union together. Well, that's pretty much it in a nutshell. But we have taken a lot of different topics and we've, we've put this truth onto the topics so that we can kind of see how they're lived out in everyday life. Last time I talked, and I do thank many of you that wrote me and told me that after we talked about the new covenant giving of this style of giving, that you were set free. And that it was like, wow, I've never felt so free in the area of finances now, rather than just being just bound to some restrictions of laws and what you do and what you don't do, but now free to say that it all belongs to God. But you also told me that in the thing that it did, it enhanced your union, your walk with God, because you wanted to be in touch with God. And we've done that in marriage. We've done it in different topics. And today we are going to 
approach a topic that it is not going to be any different than those. We are going to look at prayer. Now, before you get started, I want you to know something about this. There are more books. There's thousands of books on prayer. Every place you go and every library you go, you're going to see books on prayer. We're not going to try to cover all that. We're going to cover, in the next three uh, Sundays, we're going to cover just praying in Jesus' name. And we will take a look at what it is not so that we can move into what it is. And in order to do that, I think I need to have your listening caps on and your thinking caps on because we've got to move out of one uh, design in our mind, moved into another so we can be free just like we do in the other topics. Now, my wife, I look over here and see my wife. She warns me of something. She knows me pretty darn good after 40-some years. She warned me that I want you to make sure that you uh, know that I am not wanting to discourage any of you in boldly coming before the throne of God. I'm not wanting to discourage any of you in uh, kind of restricting you in your prayers. That is not my desire. I actually believe that if you stick with us, your prayers will be enhanced and you'll find yourself praying more often than you ever did. But I believe if you will go ahead and allow these things to come into your heart, you're going to know how to pray and you will receive your prayers, which will cause you to give thanksgiving to God, which says it will cause your joy to overflow. Too many of us in our prayer life have read these scriptures and we somehow there's something wrong with the scriptures, something wrong with me when Jesus says, if you'll ask the Father any, anything in my name, he'll get it done for you. And he repeats that over and over and over again. And we're thinking, well, how many prayers have we prayed? It doesn't get done for me. I hope that we can clear that up today a little bit. Okay? And then I'll remind you of some of the things when we're done. Uh, in Exodus, uh, the, it says, in Exodus 20, and this is the Ten Commandments, and it's one of the commandments, and it says, You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not leave him unpunished who takes his name in vain. I think that we need to understand what that really means and what that does not mean. Now, most of you, when you grew up and you were a little kid and you happened to stub your toe and you said a, a, a couple sentences of swear words and you got either soap in your mouth or something said you don't use the name of the Lord in vain I think it could possibly qualify but it's not what that means in Exodus 20 uh, and uh, if we we're sitting in the living room I would actually use some of the examples but because this is taped we're gonna, you just got to use your imagination okay what the word means in the Old Testament the word vain means it's the word is shab, and it literally means that do not use my name falsely. Do not use it empty. Do not use it thoughtlessly. Do not use it in vain repetition. Do not use it in, in ends of prayers, so to speak, in wrote, re, re, or saying these things over and over and over again. It means do not use the name of God falsely, empty, without thinking, without giving thought to it. The New Testament literally means this. Don't ever use the name of the Lord without giving serious thought. Don't let it turn itself into empty chatter. I said this, this message, I'm going to need some great illustrations. And so 
uh, God was very faithful to give me great illustrations in this message. And I'll, I'll share with you the first one that came to me is uh, Nick's youngest boy, Brogan, uh, whenever he gets into anything, he gets into it. Well, he goes from tools to whatever you call it, but he got into guns not long ago. And he, Papa, this is the stock. Papa, this is the barrel. Papa, this is the scope. Papa, this is, and he was going on and on. He just gets over the top with it. And uh, so I'm going into this little door that we have underneath our stairs, and in there we have our components for the stereo. But we also have my gun cabinet, and it's got a glass front. And Brogan just, I mean, he's caught. Oh. Papa, let's get out the guns. Where, where's the key to the guns? And he adds, Daddy said I could do it. And I said, oh, so Daddy says you can get into the guns. Yeah. Well, Brokes, let's go talk to Daddy about this. And he has a common saying, and he says, we don't have to. Are you getting the picture? He wanted the guns, and he tacked Daddy's name on at the end of the phrase, thinking it would persuade Papa. Do we do this? Do we want something that we want? And, I mean, are we really bold enough? The churches have used this on us, and it worked for a little while, where they would, what they call it spiritual abuse. They want somebody to really work in the nursery, and so they'll give a, a passage on uh, working in guilt and condemnation. You should be out doing this, and pretty soon you feel so bad, you say, oh, choose me. And they, they got what they want by using God's name and his word falsely. And now we've got so bold enough that we dare come before the God of the universe, who the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit are one, they know what each other's thinking, and we go to the Father, and we ask him for something we want, and we say, by the way, Jesus told me that you could do it. And then they'll say, well, should we talk to Jesus? Don't have to. <laughs> but we do that. We tack a little phrase on the end of prayers. Ezekiel, God says, see these falsehoods, and they... They, they lie and they exaggerate who say the Lord declares, the Lord declares when the Lord has not declared or even sent them because they desire to fulfill their own words and their own desires. They see false visions. They speak lies saying the Lord declares when it is not I that have spoken these things. These priests say these things from their own inspiration and desires and they say listen to the word of the Lord and I have not spoken these words. Now, I, again, don't want you to feel condemned and shamed and stuff like that. All I'm asking you to do is consider something. Just consider the possibility that your added tag at the end of your prayers, in Jesus' name I pray, is not what that means. Now, we are going to go into that in depth for the next two weeks of what it really means, but I want you to consider that. Now, some of you are going to be uncomfortable uh, first service, it worked really well. I'm going to try it again. How many of you either grew up in the Catholic Church or were pretty familiar with the Catholic Church or still are in the Catholic Church? Raise your hand. Quite a few. Now, I became an altar boy 
And uh, the Hagerty's and Ewing's, our parents, set us off to do the altar. And we were going to go be good altar boys. And we went and we tried hard. We learned Latin and we did all the things we need to do. And we learned it well. And we learned a lot of things when we were an altar boy. And some of the things in the Catholic Church that you learn and you're taught become habits, become rote, habitual things you say. One of these is there was not a meal that I ate that I didn't say, bless the Lord for these gifts which we are about to receive that I bound through Jesus Christ our Lord, amen. And you had to say it that fast because otherwise you didn't remember it. And so every meal, and even when I was in school and nobody's looking, I'd still under my breath, bless the Lord for these gifts which you are about to receive that I bound through Jesus Christ our Lord, amen. And then at age 15, God lifts a veil and pulls me into his kingdom, adopts me into his home, and I come to faith. And now, God is starting to pour his life into me in a whole new, different way, and he challenges me to be able to now, when I sit down to the meal, not that that was a bad prayer, but he said, why don't you go ahead and just thank me in your own words? You know how uncomfortable that was? So here's actually how I did it. I would say, Jesus, thank you for these, and I'd be kind of a little sloppy, or these food and this beans and some of this stuff, and, and of course I was asked like this, and then I would say amen, and then I'd say, under my breath, bless us, Lord, for these gifts, which you're about to see, that I'm about to have a Lord of bed. Because <laughs> we were so used to it. I was so used to whenever you came into a church, you went into, you knelt down, you genuflected, you did in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. When I came into the church, the next time I came into a church that after a believer, I went in there and I was like, it was so uncomfortable to move into the aisle and not do the, the sign of the cross. I am not saying the sign of the cross is all wrong. I'm just saying, do you see how rote and how habitual things can become? So, so we read these scriptures and whenever you ask in my name, whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you will ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Continue on. And if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask whatever you wish, and it will be done. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit and prove to be my disciples. If you ask the Father these things in my name. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go forth and bear fruit. And if you ask anything in my name, it may be done. We take that because many, if not most of us, have been taught that that basically means at the end of a prayer to say, in Jesus' name I pray, a little recording, in Jesus' name I pray. It, and now when we read it, that's what we read. I want to challenge you with what that is not saying. It is not saying to tag something at the end of a request. Jesus gives us clear clear things. He goes on and he says, for I did not, in John 13, I did not speak on my own initiative, but with the Father himself who sent me, he has given me what I am to say and what I am to speak. And every word that proceeds from my mouth will be therefore that which the Father has asked me to speak. 
my teachings in John 7, my teachings are not mine, but him who sent me. And he who speaks for himself seeks his own desires and his own needs and, and his own glory. But he who seeks the glory of the one who sent me, he is true. For when you lift up the Son of Man, then you'll know that I am he. And I do nothing on my own initiative. I speak only those things that the Father taught me. I do only those things that the Father taught me to do. And he even prayed only those things that the Father asked him to pray. He was praying in Abba's name. Does that make sense? He says, everything I do is in Abba's name. And anything I ask the Father in Abba's name, I get it. He never once in one of his prayers recorded in all of the Bible said at the end of a prayer, in Abba's name I pray. Although I believe he prayed in Abba's name every prayer. He only had one time in all of the scriptures that I believe he was praying everything in Abba's name, and then he comes to the end of his life, and he comes where he's in the garden, and it's heavy, and the pain is there, and the torment is horrible, and he says, oh, Abba, I know you could take this cup from me if you wanted to. And I think you can read in between the lines that he's saying, frankly, I'd like it to be taken from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but thine. Do you hear what he said there? He's saying, I am asking you something, but I do not want to ask you anything not according to your name. I want your name to be honored and your name to be glorified. And therefore, Jesus gets everything that he asks on this planet the moment he asks it because he asks everything in the Father's name. Now he says to you and me, the last night on the planet when he's talking to his disciples and he says if you will abide in me my words will abide in you get that don't just say it because you memorized it if you will abide in me if you will stay connected to me if you and I will be united then my words will be in you and then you can ask the father those words and it will be done for you this is what it means to pray in Jesus name it means that I spend time with Abba or with Jesus. I am united with him. I get to know him. I get to know his thinking, know his thoughts, know his words. And then I can take those things confidently before the throne of God. And I can come before the throne of God. And I can basically know that I have asked those things that is in Jesus' name. And I'll receive everything I ask in Jesus' name. Got a lot of you really, the wheels are spinning. Because you know what you're saying, bless the Lord for these gifts which you're about to see that I've found in Christ the Lord of men. You just, it's just going to be really uncomfortable to not add your little tag at the end of your prayer. Now hold it. I'm not saying you can't say in Jesus' name. I'm just saying two things. One, if you're asking something in Jesus' name, you better know it is what Jesus asked you to ask. That's what it means to ask in his name, according to Christ's sake. And Steve's going to really go into this next week. The other thing is if you are asking something according to your desire that you would like, like the, like the psalmist did a lot, don't tag on the end of it in Jesus' name. If you're wanting to look at the guns, don't say Daddy said he could do it. Just say, I'd like to look at the guns. 
but nevertheless not your will or my will but yours when I prayed for Nick year or 18 months ago I hope we're not saying years all the time but 18 months ago there was a lot of things I asked for and there were things that I asked that I actually asked because it was the desire of my heart I wanted that very badly and I would go ahead and word it that way and I'd come before the father and plead and kneel down and beg and cry in his name say this is what I really request this is the desire of my heart this is what I'd like to see happen but I did not tag in Jesus name for the reason that Jesus did not ask me to necessarily pray for him to stand up and run immediately and walk on water but there were things that Jesus told me to ask for him and I could confidently go before the Father and I could come before him and say, Father, I don't understand in this world the, the complications of the fall of sin and all of the different viruses and things that happened because man chose that they could live independent of you and we re reap the consequences. I don't know what you're doing in my son's life or his family's life or my life, but I do know this, that I want you to have your way in my life and have me know what you want me to do and be as an instrument of love that I would listen to your voice and be able to hear it clearly and that I would therefore be able to take that which you've given me and be an encouragement to him and his family and amen. That was praying in Jesus' name. Guess what? I got it every time I prayed it. I believe if you go ahead and you ask what it in Jesus' name, you get what he said. Go to the Father and ask anything in my name, you get it. We get so confused with prayer because how many times we go and we're always asking, 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 and, uh, and we attach the little phrase on the end, and then we don't receive it, and we pretty much get downcast. We stop praying. I don't even know what to pray anymore. I'm hoping that this will really lead you into at least moving into what it really means to pray in Jesus' name for his sake. I think it will be free. I would say that the majority of my prayers are answered every time I pray them. And it isn't because I'm godly and so he answers my prayers. On the contrary, I think I have no clue sometimes what to ask, so I basically go to the son and I spend time with the son and ask him what he wants accomplished. Now, here's what I do believe, and I believe this fairly strongly. I believe that Adam, way back in the garden, Adam had everything that he needed pertaining to living life on this planet. And he, was, he could identify with Psalm 23 when he says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You know what that means? I have no other need. There's nothing I need. For the Lord is my substance. The Lord is my relationship. The Lord is my joy. The Lord is my strength. The Lord is my love. I am embraced by him, so I have no other need. And here was Adam walking along, just enjoying life. And the Father says to him, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit say to him, Adam, you've got a need. What? I've got everything I need in you. Well, you do? Well, go out and name all the animals, and we'll see. He goes out and he names every animal and he sees that they all have a counterpart. They all are in twos. And he ends up coming away with the fact that he has a need that he doesn't have a counterpart. And the father says, 
I'm the one that will tell you you have a need, and I'm the one that has already met that need. I put that need in you, and I'm the one that will meet it. I don't think that's changed in yours and my life today. I believe if you and I will fulfill what God has called you to go get your life from the relationship with Jesus Christ, you'll be completely filled, and you'll say, the Lord is my shepherd. I have no want. I have no need. And God, Jesus, will tell you when you have a need. And when he tells you you have a need, you can go to the Father and say, Father, Jesus said that I have a need, and this is what the need is, and the Father will give it to you immediately. Does that make sense to you? This isn't restricting. I promise you, you will be set free in your prayer life. You may not be praying about yourself all the time. You may pray like what we're going to see here in all of the scriptures of the New Testament. 75% of every suggestion of prayer is in there, and it's talking about being grateful and being thankful. You can be pretty safe being thankful and grateful and know you're praying in Jesus' name. And then there's some other ones that we'll go into in the next weeks or so, and it's basically the remaining of that 75%, which is only 25%, 75 of that 25% is how to pray for one another in hearing the word of God and having wisdom to understand the things that are of God and anointing them and being empowered by the Holy Spirit. Now, a lot of you might be saying, well, what about the verses, ask you receive, and just keep asking you'll receive. And he says, if a person, a kid asks his father for you know, a piece of bread, is he going to give him a stone? So as much as even an earthly father will do that, my heavenly father will give you what you ask. What's the next verse? He will not withhold the Holy Spirit when you ask for the Holy Spirit. And the verse before that illustration was talking about the movement of the Holy Spirit. He was saying this, you ask me and you'll get it. What is it? It's the power and the working of the Holy Spirit in you. Ask it, you'll get it right away and you'll get it every time you ask for it. Does that make sense to you? I feel that one of the things that would be good for us is before we close here is if you go back and you, and I've done this and it's been about eight months now and I'm going to probably continue another eight months in this topic just because of where I was. Jesus said that he did everything in Abba's, in the Father's name. As a matter of fact, he, he not only spoke and did things, he prayed in Father's name. Do you know that every prayer that is recorded of Jesus Christ in the Bible that is recorded never ends in Abba's name I pray. It ends in amen. The word amen means so be it, trustworthy, for sure. I like this phrase. If, bro, uh, if Donovan was saying something and he said something really profound in Scripture, I'd say, exactly, exactly. That's the word amen. It means exactly. That is from God. That's what the word means. Absolutely. That's what the word means. The disciples who said they did everything in Jesus' name did not use the phrase in Jesus' name at the end of their prayer but two times. All of the other prayers, it's not used. They ended it in, amen. Exactly. You know why they could say exactly? Exactly, amen, trustworthy? Because they prayed what Jesus asked them to pray. And the spirit of those that had Jesus in them said, yes, that's what I would have prayed. And they got answered. 
The only two times they used Jesus' name was a casting out demons, they said in Jesus' name, and baptism. Other than that, that phrase is not used. Now, please, I'm not trying to shame you and abuse you again. If you want to go ahead and keep saying it, fine. Just understand what you're saying when you say it. And the other thing is don't apply Jesus' name for something you want because he didn't ask the Father that. Now, there are times that he's going to come to one of you or some of you because you might have uh, heard the Holy Spirit and heard God tell you, and he might want to pray for healing for somebody, and you'll say, I'm going to go ahead, and God has asked you to go ahead and be healed in the name of Jesus Christ. You can go ahead because Jesus told you, but I promise you, you pray it, they will be healed if it's in Jesus' name. And sometimes we're a little, well, I don't know, you know, it might be that just like the guys that was... Uh, laying on the pallet and they let him down on the roof and he couldn't walk and he says rise get up and walk and uh, guy didn't take 32 weeks in order to get up and walk got up immediately took his pallet and walked off every time that Jesus prayed what did Mark say what's the most common word in Mark's gospel immediately they were healed now, this isn't a prayer or time against praying and healing and stuff like that it's just saying I think God has asked us to do something in Jesus' name. And I think that you'd be pretty safe to get to know Scripture and get to know God, and you'll have a pretty good idea of how to pray. If you're kind of weird, and we'll do this next week, Steve's going to, and, and uh, weird, I mean, if you're kind of new at this, you're safe praying Scripture because it says the Word of God was in, inspired by the Holy Spirit, breathed under the pages the will of God. So I can pray scripture and know that I am praying in Jesus' name. Does that make sense? I challenge you this week to just do something. If you find yourself in just habitual repetition, just catch yourself and identify what you're doing. You know what? I guess I didn't hear that, Father, but that's something that I would like. I desire that. And the other things say, you know what, I, I don't want to pray if I don't pray in, according to Jesus' desire and his will. You'll find yourself praying way different prayers than you're praying now. And I believe the body of Christ and the, and the needs of the body of Christ will be met. As Tom comes up to do a song, would you pray with me? Father, you know the petitions that I've asked you before I even came here. It's been months that I've asked you this. And I do believe that Jesus told me I could ask you that you would give wisdom to the listeners, that you would open their ears. You said you have made their ears, and you can open them to hear your words and the words of truth. You also told me that I could ask you that you would guard my words, and the ones that would come out would be acceptable not only in your sight, but in the sight of those hearers that are here today. And Holy Spirit, you said that if we would ask you to anoint, put anointing here and put a covering over the, the minds of these people, your children, that you could cover them and have them be able to hear your words of truth and they would set them free to be able to come to you with confidence and boldness to your throne. And so therefore, because you have asked that and because you told me that, I know with confidence that you have heard me as your son requested. Amen. Exactly. Somebody's praying.
I can feel it. Somebody's praying for me. And mighty hands are guiding me and protecting from what I can't see. Lord, I believe. Lord, I believe. Somebody's praying for me. Angels are watching. God's word says it. And angels are watching over me. I've many miles ahead till I get home. Still I'm safely kept before your throne. Because I believe, Lord, I believe, angels are watching over me. Well, I've walked the barren wilderness where my pillow was a stone. And I've been through the darkest caverns where no light had ever shown. Still I pressed on because there was someone who was down on their knees. And Lord, I thank you for those people praying all that time for me. Could you guys stand with me? If you know the words, sing with me, say. Somebody's praying. I can feel it. Somebody's praying for me. Mighty hands are guiding me and protecting from what I can't see. Lord, I Lord, I believe somebody's praying for me. Amen. God bless you guys. Don't forget about uh, the...